Welcome to Refresh, a podcast designed to revive, recharge, and renew your faith and give you the tools to follow Jesus. Refresh comes to you from the Salvation Army in Gwinnett County, Georgia. We meet in person every Sunday at 1030 a.m. or online on Facebook and YouTube at Sal Army Gwinnett. We are excited that you have joined us this week and pray that God will bring his word to life. And now for our speaker. A a movie came out in 1939 and it's been shown all around the world in many, many languages. And it tells the story of a girl by the name of Dorothy and her little dog, Toto. And you remember that they, uh, they lived in Kansas and it was a tumultuous time for Dorothy and there, there, then there was this a tremendous uh, tornado. And uh, they got caught up in this tornado and mystically, magically, mysteriously transported to a place called the Land of Oz. And uh, in the Land of Oz, they met little munchkins, little people. They met uh, a talking scarecrow, a uh, cowardly lion, and a tin man. They met uh, a good witch and a very bad witch. And of course, they met ultimately the wizard of Oz. And you'll remember that uh, they had quite an adventure. Uh, uh, Dorothy was the big hero. She slew the, the evil witch of the West, and she was the toast of the town. But uh, after all that adventure, Dorothy came to a realization. She wanted to go home. And so she asked uh, Glinda, the good, kitch, good uh, witch of the North, for a little bit of help. And Glinda said, look, it's really very simple. All you have to do is uh, tap the heels of your ruby red slippers together and repeat after me, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. In an instant, Dorothy and Toto were back in their farmhouse in Kansas. Now, Dorothy wanted to go home. It was a place of familiarity, of security and safety. It was a place to be nurtured. Home was a place where she'd be close to people whom she loved and who loved her. There's no place like home, right? Indeed, uh, when we finish this review, Shelley and I are going to be heading home, just like millions and millions of Americans when Thanksgiving week comes. And uh, Christmas will be just like that as well. Millions of people will travel home. Now, when Shelly thinks about going home, it's a little easier for her because she was born and raised in San Jose, California. She spent the first 21 years of her life in the same home, going to the same core, going to the same school. Me, it's a little more awkward, a little more difficult to pinpoint home because I'm an officer's kid. So I was born in uh, Lewiston, Idaho. I'm from Idaho. Don't spread that news around too much. Uh, And then I moved to Yakima and Wenatchee, Washington. I'm sure you've heard of those places before. And then down to Phoenix, Arizona, and then up to Salem, Oregon, then up to Portland, Oregon. And finally, I finished high school in Long Beach, California. Is that home for me? Or is it where I met my wife? Is it where I got married? Is it where I received my call into officership? Is it where I served most of my years? Is it where my kids were born? There's lots of places I guess I could call home. But for me, I think home is where my parents live. My parents are 93 and 92. They're still with us. And so when we fly to L.A. next week, we'll drive to Tucson, Arizona, where they're living, and I'll spend Thanksgiving at home with my parents. What a beautiful thing it is to be at home. 
Well, for the Christian, the place that we ought to long to be is at home in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, in this passage of Scripture, he makes an invitation to us in John 15, 4. He says, remain in me, remain in me, abide with me, he says. And if you look at the original Greek, the word abide means to remain in, to dwell, to lodge. That sounds a lot like home to me. And so in a season of thanksgiving, when home is so important to us, I want to share with you just a few of the reasons why I think remaining at home, close to Jesus, is so important, so beneficial to us in our own spiritual journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the first thing I suggest to you today. When we stay at close, close to home with Jesus, our prayers will be empowered. Our prayers will be empowered. And I'm drawing that from verse 7 of chapter 15. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, when I first uh, became interested in Shelly, my, my dating strategy wasn't to avoid her at church or to ignore her phone calls or, or to make plans on the weekends. No, I sought every opportunity I could to connect with her. In fact, I became a first-class stalker. I just showed up wherever I could to see her. I called her on the phone. I sent her cards. I asked her out for dates. I spoke to her at church. I popped up in all places just to see and spend time with Shelley. And, you know, the, much, the more time we spent together, the closer we became. Because proximity leads to intimacy. Proximity leads to intimacy. That's true in human relationships, but it's also true in spiritual relationships as well. Proximity leads to intimacy. And intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ leads to empowered prayer. Now, why is that? Why would that be? Well, I think when we spend time with Jesus, we become more and more in tune with his plan. We get to know him better. We become much more aligned with his perfect will for our life. Now, that doesn't mean that all of our prayers will be answered. I want to be crystal clear about that today. Sometimes the Lord will say go. He'll say yes. He'll say go to our prayers. And that's a beautiful thing. But sometimes the Lord says to us, slow, slow. And I think that means the timing isn't quite right. Sometimes the Lord will say to us, grow. And I think that means we're not quite right where we need to be. And then sometimes the Lord says, no, no. But whether he says, go, grow, slow, or no, it's always due to his plan for our lives. And what is that perfect plan for you? Well, who knows exactly that's for you to discover with the help of the Lord. And that's a little bit frustrating sometimes, so we don't know exactly what the future lies in front of us. But I can assure you of this, that God's promise to Jewish exiles in Babylon still holds true for us today. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Friends, when we're close at home with the Lord Jesus Christ, our prayers will be empowered. And then 
When we stay close at home with Jesus, the passage also tells us that our Father will be glorified. Our Father will be glorified. And I'm drawing that from John 15, 8. Eric Lydell was a well-known Christian missionary who died in a Japanese prisoner of war camp in China in 1945. And, uh, of course, when he died, that was a big story. But Eric Lydell was much better known well before then as an Olympic athlete of the 1924 Olympics. And you may have seen the movie Chariots of Fire that tells his story. And you may remember that Eric Lydell had a sister. And this sister was very, very uh, concerned about his commitment to athletic competition. She was afraid that it might get in the way of his higher calling to become a Christian missionary. And so she challenged Eric on this very subject. She was worried about this being a distraction to him. And you may remember that her res his response to her was one of the pivotal scenes in that particular movie. He said back to her, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, when I run, I feel his pleasure. I feel his pleasure. And that's always been a good reminder to me that when we're in the center of God's will for our life, when we're being obedient to his calling in our life, we'll know it. We'll feel his pleasure. And that brings honor and glory to him. And friends, I would just simply ask you today, are you doing the things in life that bring pleasure to the Lord? Are we fully using our gifts, talents, skills, and abilities for him? Are we reflecting the beauty of Jesus in us? Are we making ourselves available in our vocation or whatever vocation he calls us to go and be and do what he wants us to do and become and be? Well, one of the uh, well-known creeds of the Christian faith says, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And when that's happening as it should, we'll know it and we will be at peace. Staying close to home to Jesus also means that we will bear much fruit. And I'm drawing that from chapter 15, verse number 8 as well. We'll be fruit-bearing Christians. When my parents retired, they retired on a, uh, a piece of property about nine and a half acres. It was a wooded area in southern Washington, lots of trees. But they cleared out a section and they, they planted an orchard, mostly uh, apple trees. And after a few years, these uh, trees matured and they began to bear fruit. And so we'd go up there during the summer and we'd pick apples off the tree and sometimes we would uh, bake these apples into pies. It was absolutely fantastic. But then after a few more years of bearing fruit, all of a sudden the trees stopped bearing fruit. And it was inexplicable to us because the trees were planted in good soil. They received lots of sunshine and rain. They seemed to be healthy, but they stopped bearing fruit. So my dad was perplexed and so he got an expert. And an expert came out and kind of looked at the trees and came to the conclusion that the reason why they weren't bearing fruit was because they were not being pollinated. There were not enough bees. There was a shortage of bees in the West at that time. So my dad bought some beehives and had them mounted on trees around the orchard. Problem solved. You see, in order for uh, 
for trees to grow and bear fruit, all the conditions for growth have to be right. They have to be in place. You know, that's true as well for the Christian life. If we're going to be fruitful Christians, all the conditions have to be right. So what are those conditions? Well, there's probably lots of them, but let me share with you five really quickly I think have to be in place in order for us to grow. First of all, we have to be people of prayer. We had a beautiful prayer meeting this morning. We need to be people who are communing with God, who are connected with God all the time. We need to be people of prayer. We also need to be people who are reading God's Word. We need to read it. We need to study it. We need to meditate upon it. And we need to apply it to our daily lives. We have to be people who are engaged in worship. And this is a beautiful thing that we've gathered here on this Sunday morning to worship together, to worship the Lord. And we need to look for those opportunities throughout the week. We need to be people who are engaged in service. And not just service to each other, but service into the community. And let me suggest to you the fifth thing that we need to be doing is we need to be people of evangelism. We need to be sharing our faith at school, at work, at play. It shouldn't be a secret that we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when all those things are working together, we'll be fruitful Christians. And so I'd simply ask you today, are you a Christian who's bearing fruit? And so, when we're close to Jesus, our prayers are empowered, we bring glory to the Lord, we bear much fruit. Let me suggest to you, too, that we, we show ourselves to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And I'm drawing that from verse number 8 of chapter 15 as well. Jesus said to his disciples in John 13, 34, and 35, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't think Jesus could be more emphatic about any subject than that. They'll know we're Christians. By our love is the chorus that we used to sing. The challenge for us is that humanity is often uh, very, very picky about how it expresses love to one another. Too often, humanity uh, bases its love on performance. It's often conditional. Too often, our love for one another is based upon circumstances. Remember, my daughter, Stephanie, was quite young. She got in the bad habit of, of expressing her love based upon how she, how she thought she was being treated. So, if, uh, if I took my daughter to the movies, or I bought her some ice cream, or if I let her stay up late, she might put her hands far apart like this and say, Dad, today I love you this much. And that was pretty great. I liked that affirmation. That was wonderful when things were going well. But boy, if I was to scold her, if I was to send her to bed early, if I was to deny her that bowl of ice cream, her hands might get very, very close. She might even scrunch them together and say, Dad, today I love you just this much. Well, look, the good news for us is that when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, he spread his hands as far apart as they could possibly go. And he declared to you and to me, and to all of humanity, I love you this much that I'm going to die on the cross for you. And that example of unconditional, 
overwhelming, unbounding love by the Lord Jesus Christ sets a beautiful example for us in our relationships with him, our relationships with one another, and yes, even our love for ourselves. Oh, what a beautiful thing it is when we show ourselves to be the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ by our love. Well, look, here's the last thing that I would just say to you about this passage of Scripture. When we stay close at home with Jesus, we'll live a life of overflowing joy. Overflowing joy. And I'm drawing this from verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Now look, when I'm talking about joy, I'm not talking about uh, a joy that's seasonal or circumstantial. I'm not talking about a joy that's driven simply by conditions or by emotion. But I'm talking about a joy that endures the ups and downs of life. A joy that emerges from a rich, sustaining confidence in God that assures us that he is more than enough. That he's more than adequate that what he offers to us meets all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you have that kind of overwhelming, abounding, heaping love and joy today? Some years ago, I went to uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. That's a wonderful place to go for lots of reasons. Yeah. We got a Newfoundlander, okay. Think about Newfoundland. It's got 80 core still in a population of 500,000. That's quite remarkable, isn't it? Spread out, you know, in mostly small towns and villages, but really quite a remarkable place. But when I went to Newfoundland, I discovered a place called Menchie's. I had never been to Menchie's before. Menchie's is uh, like, like a yogurt place. And it's one of those places that you go and you pay by weight. You don't pay by your weight, but by the weight of the product that you buy. <laughs> So I'd never gone to Menchie's before, and there I was at Newfoundland, and they took us to Menchie's. So I went into Menchie's, and they gave me this bowl, and I got in line, and there was all these wonderful kinds of yogurt. And so I, I got lots of yogurt, because I like yogurt, but what was really very special about Menchie's, and this was a new experience, is that they had all sorts of toppings that you could put on top of the yogurt. And so I got uh, some M&Ms, I put some of those on, I've got some animal cookies. I love animal cookies. I put some of those on. Those were really good. Chocolate chips, Skittles, gummy bears. I mean, all, all the essentials, all the essentials of a healthy and balanced diet. Now, look, I don't remember how much it weighed. I don't remember how much it cost. I think I had to get a loan in order to pay for it. But uh, there, at the end of the day, I had this, uh, this big bowl of yogurt with a heaping mound of toppings. And I sat down in my little corner, and I just ate, and I ate, and I ate some more until I was more than satisfied. In fact, I think I was tasting Minchies for about three days after that visit. <laughs> well, look, that's just uh, a, a little illustration, but you know, in an infinitely more wonderful way. In an infinitely greater way, God seeks to bless us beyond measure. He wants us to have a life that's not lacking in anything, but complete and overflowing. God wants to meet our needs and, and many of our wants. 
but always both in the measure that's appropriate for us according to his plan for us in Christ Jesus. The key for us, the key for us is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will fall into the place according to God's plan for our lives. Are you seeking his righteousness? Are you seeking his righteousness? And if so, well, your needs, your wants will all be met according to that beautiful plan. Well, it, I, I think I'll wrap up uh, now. Let's go back to where we started today. Dorothy and her dog Toto went to Oz. And they had an exciting, treacherous, fulfilling journey. And it was really quite spectacular. It's a wonderful story, a wonderful movie. But at the end of the day, Dorothy wanted to go home. She realized that the place she most wanted to be was in the presence of the people who she loved and who loved her. She longed to be in Kansas. She longed to be home. And as part of the family of God and believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no better place to be than in the presence of the Lord. He declares to us, I am the vine. You are the branches. He invites us to abide with him. And friends, when we're close to Jesus, when we're abiding with him, when we're at home with the Lord, our prayers will be empowered. We'll glorify God. We'll live fruitful lives. We'll be people of love and we'll have an abundant joy. And so simply, I would just ask you today, are you close to Jesus? Are you in his presence? Are you at home with him? Are you trusting him? Will you accept his invitation to be with him today? Thank you for listening to Refresh. Be sure to hit subscribe and like us on Facebook and YouTube to never miss an episode. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share it with your friends and family. We pray that you will be refreshed and ready to take on your week. See you next time. God bless.